This is the Fail Fast Podcast. Stories of entrepreneurs who looked at failure in the eyes and didn't give up. With your host, the online sales master, Quinn Amorum. Welcome to the show, my friends. Today we have with us the founder of Makeover Master, the host of the Madeover Podcast, author of Madeover, How to Create a Powerful Brand that Will Transform Your Business and Save Your Life, and he's a seasoned entrepreneur. He is also the creator of Starter Pack Makeover Business System as part of what he considers his life work and his duty to help others avoid the hellish eight and a half years of debt and pain that he went through. And we have with us today, Mike Young. How's it going, Mike? Good, good. Thanks for having me, man. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. A pleasure to have you here. Man, uh, let's start with your business career, kind of how you started and what's the story? Yeah, man. I, I You know, Quinn, I think, I think it was, you know, I began like a lot of entrepreneurs begin. You know, I, I had this vision of the dream. Uh, you know, I wanted money to arrive in my bank account, uh, doing a business that I loved to do, that that was always giving me energy where I felt good about what I was doing. Um, and I had just come out of a phase where I had grown a, a mortgage company from scratch to 250 employees and 10 offices. Wow. And that, that went under in 2008. That was one of my, my big failure, quote unquote failures. Um, I went from liquid millionaire to $200,000 in debt in less than six months. And I found myself sitting in a home office alone, you know, having conversations with my wife about, okay, what are we going to do here next? You know, it's, you really, in those moments, you have a couple of choices. One is, (laughs) is to curl up in the fetal position and, and think about the past a lot and, and whine and cry and all the things that you can't control or all the reasons things happen to you. Um, The second decision is to get up and fight. Um, and so we began a process of talking about how do we want to recreate this with a smaller team and less complexity. Um, and I, th- I think I was delusional at the time. I thought it was going to be easy. I thought it was going to be fast and easy to kind of recreate everything because we just built a big company. Um, and I was, I was very far off from the truth. Um, so I went, I went through a process of devouring books and courses and knowledge products and going to seminars and and doing all the the quote unquote right things, but wound up finding myself eight and a half years later, um, still broke, still frustrated. The business wasn't working. Um, I'd spent over two hundred thousand dollars at that point, and uh, and so I just I went through all the the process, you know that that how do you make it through those times of adversity, all those different failures that you have to go through to ultimately ar- arrive and get the business working and get your life in congruence with everything. So. That's that's my basic backstory in a nutshell. Um, there's a thousand failures on, yeah. you know, in, in that eight and a half years, there's a thousand things I tried that didn't work. And so I'm glad to talk about any of them and, and help your audience kind of figure out the fundamental differences of why certain things worked and why things didn't and what it takes to overcome those things. Oh, my 250 employee in a business, that's no joke. So that's mm-hmm. a, a decent sized business. Um, what exactly was it? You said it's. Uh, Real estate? Yeah, we were in the mortgage industry, so we were um, doing home loans for real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and and really, the company was highly leveraged at the time. We we had expanded very quick, but we didn't have a lot of working capital. Still, we we'd got all these offices and all this stuff, but we 
we didn't have like a two year cushion of reserves sitting around. Yes. And so when things take a, a downturn, uh, leverage is great. If, if you're in an environment where the market is getting better, leverage is great. If you're in an environment where the market crashes, leverage is, is almost the worst possible thing because it, it compounds that failure or that, that uh, feeling of, of things going bad. They quickly go bad with, when you're highly leveraged like we were. So um, I, I spent, I, w- I would say I spent the better portion of that eight and a half years subconsciously beating myself up as if it was all my fault. I felt shameful. I felt like I'd let employees down. I felt like I let my family down. I felt like I'd let investors down. Um, and and that was that was a big turning point for me around 2014-15 when I started to recognize that that was the actual issue of why my business wasn't working was was the five and a half inches between my ears. Hmm. And and once I began to process that, forgive myself, love myself again, and and really move past that stage, that's when the business started working. And so I find that today, so many of the the business owners I work with, uh, it's a very similar story. It's it's usually there's a psychological or subconscious issue going on that's holding them back from the success they want in their business. Yeah. Did you have any issues with um, like ego, like having to start again since mm-hmm. you already had something very big? How can somebody like that now start from scratch? Was ego stopping you? Because I, I hear that as a common thread, somebody that was successful starting again. I, I think my ego got stripped away very, very quickly during that time. I don't, I, I talk a lot about this, but I don't think it was ego necessarily that was holding me back. I think it was pride. Um, and so as, as I went through all of this stuff, the, the ego was, was obviously there. Ego's ego's a thing that has to be there for, for you to have success. It's when the ego gets out of control that people yeah. have problems. Um, but pride was, was the difference of me not just raising my hand to ask for help. And so I was, you know, you, I was raised in this environment of don't show your emotions. Uh, don't cry if things aren't working. Um, don't ask for help. And so I was the guy driving around town lost, not asking for help, just stopping and asking for help. And when I did that, all of this help emerged and it was just, that was, that was the thing. I think it was pride of not wanting to look like an idiot or not wanting to, you know, you should be able to figure this game out on your own type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think the reality for all business owners is that most of the problems you're trying to solve have already been solved by other people. Um, and so the shortcut to the game is finding somebody that's already done what you're trying to do and ask them for help. Yeah. I like that one. So all the problems that you're having right now, somebody probably already found the solution for those. Yeah. Unless you're trying to create the, the next crazy satellite or SpaceX or, you know, you're trying to become an inventor. Yeah. Most problems have already been solved by somebody before you. And, um, and it, it's, it sounds simplistic, but that's, that's the difference is do you want to bang your head against the wall and figure it out at yourself? Or do you just simply want to ask for somebody to help you with something you just don't have the understanding of yet? Absolutely. And back in the day, it used to be a lot harder. Now mm. there's things that are positive for us at the same time that could be negative for other things, but we have social media where in no time you can join a group that has a hundred thousand people that have, you know, the same likes, like the, uh, you know, entrepreneurs like us that probably went through the same thing. So it's, it's easy if we're willing to open up. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the problems is because it's so easy and information so accessible these days and, and so fast moving 
it's easy to fall into the next immediate trap, which I call the knowledge over accumulation confusion loop, which is a long winded name to just say that most of us consume too much knowledge like I did. Mm. And we end up trying strategies that are actually competing against each other. And you see these videos from other experts and gurus and stuff, you know, you see the Russell Brunson's of the world and they say, Oh, it's just this simple four step funnel. And that drives all the business uh, that we need. Well, to get to the four step funnel is a, is a complex process of sorting yourself out and sorting your business out and figuring out what your customers actually attract to. And, and that's where it gets confusing is you start asking for help from too many sources at once and you end up building this kind of positive feedback loop on confusion because you're like, well, maybe it's a lead magnet to a tripwire offer to a core offer, or maybe it's a webinar, or maybe it's just a little PDF checklist. And, and that's the confusing part that if you don't have some outside perspective and a little bit of mentorship and guidance, you can quickly find yourself stuck in trying too many things at once. And, and that, that's what happened for me. I woke up in 2014 with thousands of books and hundreds of thousands in online courses. So I saw every way that the business could win, but I didn't ever decide and just pick a path. Um, I was trying every way, which meant that I was trying no way. Yes, that's the thing. When you're trying every way and trying everything, it's like I, I used to be like that. So I know exactly mm. what you're saying because we tend to want to start so many things. And when you start many things, it's impossible to finish them all. It's the same, same way with copywriting is if you try and talk to everybody, you end up talking to nobody. Um, it, you have to hone it down into that specific, people talk about niching down all the time. And, and I think most people get niching down wrong. You know, they, they try and say, I'm only going to work with males that are 45 to 47, uh, that are entrepreneurs in Phoenix, Arizona. And so they're trying to niche down and tell their audience and their marketplace who they are that they work with. But I think it's a better, it's a better, faster path to just niche down into problem solution based is what problem is your marketplace having that your solution provides the answer to. And that's what people are going to buy at the end of the day. They're going to buy solutions to their problems where they feel like the solution is more valuable than the money that they have to exchange to get it. Yeah, that's a good one. And you mentioned about the information earlier about the information that is too available maybe some mm -hmm. and, and i find that too and i find that sometimes that information has been handed down by so many other people that the original creator of that information mm -hmm. didn't intend it to be like that you know the people that share something that they heard somebody else say as if it was a fact but they never tested it right right and, and, and at the end of the day it's all i mean almost everything comes down to the math it's all like I saw a post yesterday in a group and it was, it was, do you guys think that long form copy converts better than short form sales copy? And well, the answer is you got to test both and the math will tell you which one converts better. Yeah. But, but people are too, just like the knowledge, most people are having generic overarching conversations or posts that don't get specific enough. The knowledge is the same way is that it's generic overarching advice. But at the end of the day, there's nine different factors that, that impact somebody's success with their business model and, and impact their speed. And that comes like, where's your knowledge base? Where's your team currently? Um, what systems do you already have in place? 
what how do how are your cash flow and your reserves right now and when you start to combine these elements the answer is you need specific direct information you don't need generic information because that's everywhere mm-hmm. but what you need to do is tie the generic information to your specific situation because it doesn't like it doesn't do any good right if if we're sitting here today and you say well my cash flow is tight and i'm kind of paycheck to paycheck right now well it doesn't do any good for me to develop a strategy that involves a $5,000 a month ad spend because you're already paycheck to paycheck. That just strategy won't work. It doesn't do any good for me to develop a strategy around getting leads that involves you being on podcasts like we are here if you're deathly afraid of being on camera and you hate the sound of your own voice. So you have to, you have to align where you're at and your energy and your, your unique zone of genius with the generic information and create a step-by-step plan that you can actually execute on that you you can succeed at that gives you energy instead of robs your energy and that's that's where i was back in the day i was just trying all this stuff but i was trying things that weren't in alignment with who i was to begin with yeah. so you have to align the things with where you're at you have to you have to kind of take one step at a time and and that's something i would love for your audience to just take from this conversation is that there is no magic bullet there is no magical. If I get over here at the end of the rainbow, there's a pot of gold. It's a, it's a never ending process of what's the next step and implementing the next step and then analyzing the data again to, to figure out what the next appropriate step is and, and having a big enough why that you keep going when times aren't, aren't working for you or when the days get dark. Mike, talking about your why, do you, is yours something like family kids or do you have a different why because there's a lot of people that say having your kids as your why is too easy that's not business related Mm. it i sometimes agree other times i'm like well it's it is a why it's the strongest why you have Mm. so what is yours i i believe that people should have two um one is like your overarching why why am i doing this in the first place and what's gonna keep me through like like why, why did I have moments where I literally sold my car to pay my team to keep going? You know, most, most people I think would hit a moment like that and they would say, well, I've got to go get a nine to five job or I've got to go do something different here, obviously. But my, my internal why was, and I think people don't get specific enough. And that's really the thing is it's clarity creates emotions. And that's the same reason people buy from you. They, they buy based on instinct and emotion. They justify with logic. So uh, to get to, to answer your question in a long-winded way, my why was if I go after my, my dreams and my dream business, it shows my kids what it looks like to go after something that you want. And if I quit, it shows my kids exactly. I knew my kids were going to model my behavior. So if I quit, it shows my kids what it looks like to quit on, on going after what you want. And that, that internal why was way more painful than quitting itself. Mm-hmm. And so... The second why that I think people need to have is, is a business why. And that's, that's really comes down to like what, what gets you excited to wake up every morning and, and help other people. And, and mine was always, I knew there was somebody, uh, my brother-in-law took his own life in 2015. I've seen not only my own journey, but countless other entrepreneurs journeys where people are, are three inches from a change or three inches from gold and they quit. And so I, I knew that there's people out there that are about ready to quit on their dream or quit on life. And that's kind of what gets me up every morning. And so I think if you can balance those two out, like, like 
saying that my why is my kids is way too generic. There's no emotional connection. But by saying that if I quit doing this, that it shows my kids what it's like to be okay with settling, to not go after your dreams, to quit, um, to quit when things get tough, like that thought was unacceptable to me. Mm. Mm. That's, that's very powerful. Mm. So, you know, sometimes uh, people that want to quit uh, because of temporary circumstances, like mm. not, it's not something like just some days don't go as, w- as well as we plan, although everything together may be working fine, but some days are terrible, right? Mm. And sometimes there's actually entrepreneurs that are on the verge of burnout. And I know I had one burnout until I had one. I couldn't understand when people would say, um, oh, I'm burnt out. <laughs> burnt <laughs> out, man. Go get back to work. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, it all, it's all easy until you have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> exactly. And when you have it, you're like, man, it, I, even if I wanted to work, I can, mm. do, I can sit for 16 hours trying to do one task. It will not get done. Totally. And uh, so how do, you, how do you tell those that don't quit, but you have to take a break? Right. Is, yeah. is that the fact? Yeah. It's, you know, I think, I think actually like Gary V almost has it, it says it best when he talks about you have to hustle like there's no tomorrow, but have patience like you've got all the time in the world, you know? Mm. Um, and when it comes to that, those types of burnouts and those situations, I think, I think it helps to recognize a couple of things. One is, is the greatest times in your life. If you look back, they didn't last. And the worst times in your life so far, they didn't last either. Yeah. Everything is, is like you said, it's a chapter of your story or it's a page in your book, so to speak. And I think that was a turning point for me when I realized like, I, even though I had maybe 40 chapters written, 40 years of my life written, it's never too late. I could still choose how I want to write the next 40 chapters of this book. And that was, that thinking was helping me realize like, it's okay to close the book on that chapter and start a new one. And, and when it comes to how do you, how do you manage this? I had a client yesterday, she reached out to me and she was just, she had one of those awful days that you talk about. Um, it's always going back to the fundamental basics. You've got to, you've got to get your sleep. You've got to regulate like your sleep patterns to get consistent, good sleep. You have to watch what you're putting into your body, water, diet, mm-hmm. uh, exercise, raise your serotonin levels. And, and so much, so much of this game with the business world is placed on energy, mojo, uh, status, serotonin levels, hierarchy. Human beings are very weird creatures and when you don't show up right for your audience or for your clientele, um, you're not going to have much success. So you have, to, you have to become extremely selfish in the beginning and take care of yourself so that you can help other people because um, there's no way you can pour from an empty cup. Yeah. So if, um, if you were to kind of put it on a scale of what percentage do you think mindset is related to business success? Mm. Ninety-nine point nine nine. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so much of the game is played between your ears. You know, am I getting confused because too much information? Am I am I doing what everybody else is doing and posting all these Facebook and Instagram stories to try and gain attention? Yet behind the scenes, I feel like a fraud because my business isn't working. Yes. Um, how do you how do you reframe all these different conversations to see? not necessarily the silver lining of things, but, but everything is a mental reframe of, um, well, I'm afraid to put myself out there. 
well, what if you told yourself the story that if you don't put yourself out there, somebody's going to die? You know, like what mm -hmm. if you're selling cancer drugs? And, and what if, what if your story mentally internally is, well, I don't feel good because I'm just selling drugs for this big pharmaceutical company that makes loads of profit. And I'm, I have a moral disagreement with that. Well, what if you reframed it to, I'm selling drugs that help kids with cancer save their lives. And I guarantee one, one conversation, you're going to be the worst salesperson in the world. Yeah. The other conversation, you're going to wake up every day with, with piss and vigor, so to speak, and, and go after selling your drug that you think is saving kids lives. So I think so much of this game is, is understanding what's going on between your ears, gaining clarity around who you are, what fills your energy, gaining clarity around who your ideal client is, clarity on what products and services you deliver and how you help them solve their problems. And, and when you have clarity, you no longer find yourself wasting time. You don't, you're not looking, I'm not, I'm not reading a book today on team leadership. I don't need that book. I may be reading a book on, driving leads, or I may be reading a, a book on improving copy, but clarity will tell you what the next step is. And the clarity will tell you what the next thing you need is or who, you know, who the next person you need to ask for help or what the book book you need to read is. And, and to figure all that stuff out on your own is kind of that, that thing. That's why it took me eight and a half years is because I didn't ask for help from somebody who'd already done it. And when you do that, you get direct answers and you stop searching through Google aimlessly. Nice. What about if you, if you could go back in time, Mike, mm. let's say Elon Musk invents a new time capsule, <laughs> you can go back. Uh, but you are, yeah, you're the Mike of today, but you can go back and the other Mike is still there. Right. So uh, what would you tell him? I would say your, your timing is always perfect and you don't need anything outside of you necessarily. Um, you're good enough. You're smart enough. You're talented enough already. It's about tapping into something that's going to give you constant good energy and finding the, the highest impact levers you can pull on the minimum amount of effort. And, and I would just say, if I could rewind and, and go back to that, that time where I'm alone in my office, I would say, ask for help. Find, get clear on what you want. And, and for me, I wanted to run a successful online business. Go find somebody that's already running a successful online business that matches your value structure, like yeah. that you kind of have a good vibe about and start surrounding yourself with them by, by their products and services. I, I kind of did it the wrong way is I was consuming all this generic information and going to seminars and events, but I had forgotten one very fundamental thing, which is that all business comes through relationships and people. And so all money comes from other people's bank accounts into your bank account for an exchange in value. And so I was avoiding the people. I was trying to work this whole thing out on my own in a home office. And, and when I viewed myself from like drone footage, that's kind of how I tell it to my clients mm -hmm. is, is put a drone above your house. What are you actually doing today? How many people did you talk to? How many new people found out about you? How many people did you have a sales call with? How many people did you offer your products and services as a solution to their problem? And for far too many business owners and entrepreneurs, they're delusional. And when I ask them those simple questions, their answers are zero, 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 and zero. And, and then you go back one level deeper to even a more simple question. What do you want? And so many people haven't taken the time to articulate that in a way. And so what they suffer from is clarity. And they just need a little bit of coaching, guidance, mentorship to break out of that cycle. And everything can change very quickly. It took mm -hmm. me 
less than 18 months to completely turn my business around when it had suffered for almost a decade. Yeah. So Mike, it, uh, it, it hits home when I hear you talk about those things because uh, I did the same and I, I mentioned it a couple times on the podcast where for years I didn't want help because I didn't think I needed it. Mm. I thought uh, everybody else needed my help mm. because I did something that worked for so many years and I did it that way and I did it longer than anybody else. And then what happened was things changed. Mm. So what worked didn't work anymore. And these young kids that started yesterday knew things that I didn't know. Mm. And so when I dropped that extra ego that I talked to you about earlier, mm. when I let go of that and I was willing to learn from this, the new guy, yep. that's when it's like, oh my goodness. Like things and, change. And so, and so much of it too, like you get to the other side of this thing and you realize so much of it, you don't even have to, you have to have a fundamental understanding of kind of how it works. But there are people that have dedicated 10 years, the last 10 years of their life to copywriting. There are people that have dedicated the last 10 years of their life to funnel building. Um, and so as you build up your own cash flow and you sell just enough, you, you slowly be, begin building your team of experts in areas where I have, a, I have a very good understanding of how all this stuff works. But when I want to write specific copy for a specific sales page, I will still enlist a professional copywriter on those instances mm -hmm. because, because they have outside perspective. They've spent far more time really tapping into the emotions. They have systems and structures they use. Um, so I can write copy, but, but if I want to, if I want to do launch a, a million dollar sales funnel, I'm not writing the copy myself because I'm way too close to my own problems. And so I, I think it's, it's interesting to watch people that, that struggle like you and I both did. And I think, I think a lot of what I do, like we do a lot of these uh, free blind spot reviews for business owners. That's like, like at the end of the day, right? 15 years later, we have a very simple business model. We, we have podcasts and some other stuff. I do podcast episodes, but we have a lead magnet that goes to a landing page and then we offer a free complimentary blind spot review. So we look at people's social media and websites and find out what's costing them leads and sales. And from there, I offer people a sales call and I say, if you want more direct help, we need to get to know you better. And would you like to hop on a call and see if we can just directly solve your problem with one of our solutions? That's the entire funnel. It just took me a decade to figure out how to make it that simple. Beautiful. And Mike, your, your company is the Makeover Master LLC. And uh, at first, that kind of sounds like the name of a TV show where they're going to rebuild the homes. And, but what you're rebuilding here is you're helping people rebuild businesses. Mm. Is that correct? Yeah. It, I mean, a lot of that stuff, it came from my own, uh, my own journey. Um, mm. All of the obstacles and adversity I had to overcome um, were, were part of my path. And I began thinking, you know, I really made over my mindset here. And then I was like, well, what we do with businesses a lot of times is we make over their branding and we help them look good when they looked amateur before. Um, and then, and then I realized with, the, with the, my, my truest passion is for the people that are just starting out in business, or maybe they're six months or a year in, how do I help them avoid the eight and a half years I went through and, and do it in eight and a half days? You know, how do I, take the 200 grand that I invested and help them do it for 2,500 bucks, you know? So it's about shortcuts and speed more than anything. And, and I think that's at the end of the day, like the made over thing just became a theme 
It was like I, w- I had to make over my mindset. I had to almost slap myself across the face, which is what I feel like I do with clients sometimes is, is shake them a little bit to wake them up to the realities of things and help make over their business. And anybody that can save somebody eight years of, of problems because you've been there, it's, there's no price you can put in that, right? It's eight years of somebody's life or somebody's business mm-hmm. or eight, 10, five, because not everybody can deal with problems as quick or, you know, how are you dealing with, uh, with failure? Are you the guy that jumps back on the horse right away or are you kind of like, I think I'm, I'm, I mean, we're all human. Right. And so, um, you know, I recognize it. I, okay. I tried something. It didn't work. I, I view the whole thing a little bit more like a video game It's like sometimes in the video game, you get into a trap or you get stuck. Sometimes you need to back up. Sometimes you mm-hmm. need to put an extra quarter in and give yourself a new life. Um, and, and that's really how I view it. It's like, okay, I tried that. It didn't work clearly. Um, the, the time and the money that it takes to psychologically get over it is the difference. Is, am I going to beat myself up for three weeks and wallow in it? Or am I going to quickly recognize that clearly didn't work and get back up on my feet? And if it takes one minute or it takes 10 days, that's the gap that's killing most people. Is Some people are still carrying around something from 10 years ago. And that, that's what I was doing. I was carrying mm-hmm. around something that happened in 2008 and it was 2014 before I kind of woke up. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of the same time frame as me. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. We've got to learn to let go, grow and, and don't look back at, at the negative things. Just remember what, what you, you, you learn from it. And that's, that's the learnings and everything else. Just like, well, go. you ta- you tapped into something earlier when you said how much of the game is mindset. Well, if I viewed my product and services as okay, like on our starter pack is like, um, it's $2,500 and maybe I feel like I'm overcharging or, or I could reframe that conversation in the mind and say, I'm saving somebody eight and a half years and $200,000 here. And so that, that subtle shift of the mindset is the difference between wanting to market your products and services versus sitting in your living rooms, wondering what the hell to do next. Absolutely. It's somebody, I can't remember if it was Pat Flynn or uh, I can't remember who it was, but um, somebody had asked why every, every guru out there has a course about everything, right? Mm. I have uh, 20 years where I started e-commerce that's 22, I believe now, or something like that. I never did a course to train. And somebody, somebody asked me, so why don't you launch a course? I'm like, because I don't want to, because it would feel like, I was taking advantage of the people buying the course. And then I heard who I think it was Pat Flynn that said, just think about the people that you're not helping for not making the course because they're going to buy somebody else's course that is not as good. Yep. And they're still going to spend the money, but they're going to learn from somebody that. And, and there's a couple of things to that. Like some people think, oh, I have to be a hundred steps ahead to help other people. You, you typically don't. I found it's best to be about one year ahead of the mm-hmm. people that you're trying to help. If you're, if you're a hundred steps ahead, sometimes you can't connect. Like you're just too far ahead of that person. So if you can just help the person that you were a year ago and build your course. Um, for me, I had a fundamental issue with, with the course route because because of the trap I fell into. It wasn't their fault. It was just that I fell into the trap of taking too much generic advice. So when we built like our starter pack, it is it is a course. It's a course of what I feel is the 95% rule. It's like the biggest dominoes that if you understand that, 
the rest of the dominoes tend to fall into place. Yeah. But I, it wasn't good enough to just sell somebody a course for me. I, I, I provide direct strategy help based on where they're at. And we build a step-by-step execution plan that they can start implementing today. So that was number one. Number two, I got frustrated with courses because there was always something I had to do or build next and I didn't get any design help. So then I had to spend more money on designs. And so part of our, our starter pack is we also help people with design. And then to solve the, the generic advice thing is we give detailed step-by-step instruction on how to operate these things based on what we already do. And so that's, that's why people pay. You know, people pay us for direct help, a little bit of design work, step-by-step details of how all this stuff works, plus the generic advice. And then, and then we provide ongoing mentorship and support. So as you go to execute on this plan and you get stuck, you're going to have a question. I still have questions today that I ask my coaches and mentors. Yep. But as you get stuck, are you going to go search, search through Google for four and a half hours or are you going to get an answer in four and a half minutes from somebody already who knows the answer? Mm-hmm. So, so once I can bind all that into our starter pack, like I had zero sales resistance. I had zero resistance to generating leads because I genuinely believe that this will change people's lives. Um, and that's the difference between 2016 as I'm trying to like maybe figure all this stuff out and how it all ties together. I wasn't marketing and advertising my business full steam ahead because I still had questions about, was it the right deliverable to people? Um, and over the last five years, I've been able to sort all that stuff out. And there's another thing, I don't know if you went through it, but it was, you know, the term of just in time learning. Mm where you learn only the things that you need to learn. You're not ta- learning something that you may have to use two years from now. And that's sometimes that happens with just in time learning. You actually, you learn the things that you're working on right now. Yeah. It, yeah. And I, I think more, more of my, I, it's always a balancing act, right? Like I had to, I had to ground myself for a while from learning anything. I, I, I had to, I kind of view it like turning the Titanic around. It's, I had this ship going in, a, in one direction for a long time of consuming and I had to just stop. I had to like cold turkey, rip the bandaid off, no more knowledge, no more books, no more courses. So I did that for a period of time and now I, I, I do that just in time learning. It's like I need to learn this right now so it's specific but there's always this balancing act of kind of this uh, pie in the sky future vision casting and like maybe learning some overarching concepts. So I, I, I consume very little information right now, but I follow a couple of different sources, um, a couple of different authors um, because they've built up trust with me. And I, I follow those people to kind of have little moments where I'm thinking about the bigger vision. But my, my normal day to day is like, usually I'm learning one thing. I have one podcast episode. I have one client I'm helping. So it's like, it's simple down to like, it doesn't do me any good to have split focus and try and be doing three things at once, I have no impact with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, this is the client I'm working on today. This is the specific result we need. And let me focus on that until it's done. Mm, I like that. I like that. There's a good book about that called The One Thing. That, uh, mm, one Thing's a good book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a million good books out there. It's about finding the which one makes the right, right sense for you right now based on where you're at. What do you actually need to learn? It's like, do you even need to read the whole one thing or could you learn one chapter from it and get on to work? You know, like, so it's about condensing that, that learning curve for sure. Yeah. And it depends on where you are at that time. Cause some books like, you know, two years ago wouldn't make sense to you, but now they do. 
you you talk you mentioned your podcast that's uh made over podcast mm. uh how long have you have you had the podcast and what's it about it's about the, sure. the same thing yeah i've i've had it uh, about a year and i realized that one thing that people humans love stories um and one thing that we can all learn from is other people's failures like like your podcast as well as um so so basically i interview successful entrepreneurs that have had to overcome adversity in some way and we just talk about how did you how, what was your mindset like what did you do next and yeah. and so it's just little nuggets here and there that people might get that one thing that kind of unleashes the beast inside of them and and i think i think that's what i see over and over again is people business owners uh, entrepreneurs at some point they lost their spark they lost their mojo they it's like the whole thing is about how do you get that groove back and that clarity back and that energy back because because i think as kids we try all sorts of things and we just you know we stick peanut butter in the vcr we do whatever we want to do and and you know there's no vcrs today but but it, at the same token somewhere around our schooling it's like shut up sit down follow the rules and we lose that spark and we 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 fall into a pattern of being told what to do all the time and so I think if you can rekindle that spark and rekindle the clarity, you've solved most of the problem with business owners. Yeah. And I think we'll see a lot of that in the future. A lot of people whose spark was not taken down with this new generation yeah. and mostly because of the way we're raising them and people like you that know this and me, I tend not to, you know, just not be mandatory when it comes to the kids. Don't just say no to everything. I, I don't know. Yeah. There's, There's always a line that I don't know. No, no. Well, no. I think so many people today they're like, "Well, these kids don't know what they're doing," or they they think the kids are entitled. And it's the reality is they're they're growing up in a different world than we grew up. You know, I was when we got bored, I played kick the can in the cul-de-sac. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's just like that. The human beings and human patterning have have changed since the invention of the microchip, since the invention of the internet. We're still learning how to communicate as a species together. We're, It just it didn't exist 30 years ago. You didn't have instant con you know my team today. I have I have design team in Serbia, my development team in India, my executive assistants in the Philippines. And so it's like I'm communicating globally instantaneously that that just wouldn't have even existed 30 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. I I often I used to think before like my kid is not going to have a cell phone until she's 18. And then I also started thinking, well, she's six now. Is she going to be the weird one that doesn't have one? Because yeah. everybody else does. So I'm not helping her. I may be hurting her because it's her generation. It's another time. Yeah, yeah. My kids, uh, I, I kind of thought the same way. And, and we got them cell phones when they were 10 and 12. And yeah. I've realized like they, they spend a lot more time than some of their friends on screen time. But I don't think it's screen time. Like it's, it's about it still comes back to the basics. Do you have a mission? Do you have a, a journey that you're willing to go on? Do you know why you're going on the journey? And so if I can help my kids understand that, then their screen time can be more, much more productive. Um, I don't think that, that because you play video games or because you're on the screen that all of a sudden you're going to end up shooting up a school someday. I don't, I don't believe that. Yeah. I think that I don't think it's necessarily screen time. Uh, um, and old people love to, I, I don't know. We love to say it's the devil. Rock and roll music is the devil. They used to say, right? Yes. And uh, and so many people create these mantras that turn out not to be true. 
Yeah, my reasoning was more so they could be active and yeah. not just sit in, in in front of the screen all day. But uh, yeah, so Mike, for anybody that wants to know more about the makeover, uh, makeover master, if they want to know more about the makeover podcast, where do they go? Yeah, everything can be found on my website, themakeovermaster.com. Um, I'm also personally online, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. Uh, we've got a lot of free resources out there that people can consume. Um, if they want direct help, they can take part of one of our blind spot challenges if they qualify. Um, I'm just glad to help people, man. It's it's. I love what I do. I love talking to people. I love sharing stories. I love watching them not spend the eight and a half years and 200 grand that I did. Um, so if I can help somebody out there, uh, feel free to reach out and connect. Very good. So I'll have I'll have Mike's show notes, uh, all Mike's links on the show notes, uh, so you guys can check him out. Mike, yeah, I'll give you I'll give you a couple things for your audience, Quinn. Just like um, uh, I've got a free mini course that I can give. Uh, I can yeah. give a couple other uh, free resources for the show notes as well. Awesome. I'll, so guys, make sure to check out the show notes on Mike Young's episode, and uh, you'll have everything there. Thank you, Mike. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for subscribing to FailFast Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and visit FailFastPodcast.com for show notes, Quinn's social media, or even to tell us your story.